Acts chapter 4, verse 5. Listen to the word of God. I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version of the Reeds Dusley. On the morrow, their rulers and elders and, and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. When Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if you are being examined today concerning, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a cripple, by what means this man has been healed? Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, but which has become the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no, other, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among human beings whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they wondered or marveled and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man that had been healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in open, uh, in open opposition. Thus far the scripture. May God bless the reading, the hearing, the preaching of God's holy word. Amen. Today for the time that's mine, I want to preach from the subject, guilty by association. Uh, uh, it says, and they recognize that they had been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Bless the name of God. Pray for me. You know, sometimes as a pastor, I wish... Um, if you don't have prophetic eyes or you don't have eyes for the work of justice, it's so easy to be a pastor. If you don't have eyes for justice and a heart for righteousness, you can just, you know, overlook stuff. Uh, but when you have eyes for justice and a call on your life to be prophetic, that's some tough stuff. The Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they wondered and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Bless his name. Guilty by association. I began my week uh, 
negotiating a real estate deal with a man who could not speak a sentence without using the most egregious profanity. Every other word was an expletive of the most extraordinary kind. You know the kind I'm talking about. All of us got at least one of those in our family. <laughs> don't act like you don't have them <laughs> in your life. <laughs> Just about every other word, if you were trying to play it in church, it would go like, in the bleep, uh, bleep, uh, bleep, bleep. That's how I started my week. I ended the week by attending my first swim class in an effort to become a proficient swimmer, good enough to save someone from drowning, because I often frequent the beaches, or even possibly to enter some kind of race. We'll see how that goes for a 54-year-old man, but I believe age ain't nothing. There you go. That's why I love y'all. At the end of my time with being with the expletive dispensing associate, <laughs> I literally had to go home and lay down, Daryl, before I came to church for some meetings. The reason I went home to lay down was it had so drained me and it had so gotten in my spirit that I was afraid that if I came to church without detoxing my mind and my vocabulary, I would have cussed somebody out for no apparent reason. I went home and I tried to detox myself from being around my business associate. At the end of my lesson with my swim coach, however, I felt relaxed and confident to run even to the Y to practice my homework on my own. I wanted to learn how to do my strides the right way, paddle my legs the right way, break all the old habits and learn how to really swim uh, like a swimmer should. I'm going to be the next Michael Phelps if you don't look out. Being with her made me feel like I could really swim like a fish and conquer the waters of God's great universe. Amen. Two different people in one week, but yet having an influence on my life. Amen. That made me act in certain ways. What am I trying to say to you today? Who you hang with? Who you be with? can determine what kind of influence you have on the world around you. You ought to be careful who you hang with because who you hang out with, who you allow to influence your speech, your spirit, your behavior, your confidence, your fear, your courage, your hope, 
It can determine what kind of influence you have on the world around you. In other words, you can be guilty by association. If you associate with negative folk, all you're going to have to talk about is negative stuff. Come on, y'all. If you, if you associate with people who have a broader perspective on the world and how the world works, how the world operates, how the systems of the world work and how they deliver to us the blessings of God or the burdens of life. That's how you are going to see life. Your attitude is sometimes determined by who you hang with. Come on, y'all. Everybody don't go to a church like Rev Hope. So, you know, sometimes you can be out in the public and see stuff and people's reaction to it is one way, but yours totally different because you go to a church that influences your faith in God in a different kind of way. Some jokes you can't find funny anymore. Because you go to church with people who fit the same category of the people that are being joked on. Who you hang with can determine, amen, how you treat folk and how you act when you are in public on your own. Such is the case of these two apostles in our text. Peter and John had just healed a man who was lame from birth and was daily laid at the beautiful gate to beg. The man was paralyzed. The man was crippled from birth. And every day his family would take him to the temple called Beautiful just to lay there and beg for alms from the people of God as they went in and out of worship. And one day, Peter and John, filled with the spirit of the living God, healed that man. And that action, that healing resulted in Peter and John amassing a large following of believers. The Bible says 5,000 men, not including the women, had now become believers in Jesus because of this one transformative miracle. The opposition quickly came from those who benefited or profited from the organized religion of the day. The Bible says the priests, watch it, the captain of the temple guards and the Sadducees, they became deeply annoyed because Peter and John were doing two things. One, they were teaching the people. That's what the Bible says. They were teaching the people, uh, and, and, and they were teaching the people, and two, they were proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Watch out when a church becomes a church, come on, that teaches people and introduces people to the power of resurrection. In the name of Jesus Christ. In other words, if you open the eyes of people who have been blind all their lives. If you help people to walk again and do things they have never done before. If you teach people how to maximize the opportunities that God has given to each of us. Be well assured that opposition will come in the name of a ministry that does nothing more than just teach and preach a power of resurrection. In other words, uh, the moment you start changing people's world's view and the moment you start teaching people how to look 
for stuff that matters in the world and look for work that is meaningful. Watch out. Opposition will come. And where will it come from? It will come from people who benefit or profit from keeping religion as though it is the opium of the people of Karl Marx VII. Peter and John were arrested for this deed. They were interrogated. They were threatened. And they were asked to declare by what name did they perform such a miracle. Without hesitation and with bodacious boldness, Peter filled with the Holy Ghost and declared unto those gathered. He said, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven where people can be saved but by the name of Jesus. In other words, Peter, Peter said to them, Jesus, ask me who heal the man, Jesus. Ask me who helped me heal the man, Jesus. In other words, uh, Peter says, I'm not afraid to be questioned. I'm not afraid to be interrogated about who runs my life, who uses me for the glory of God. No Christian in this day and age, come on, can be timid about who is your Savior and who is your God. I know we live in America with all of its, you know, multiculturalism and multiracial and multi-ethnic. Come on, my God. But at some point, you ought to come to some conviction about who your Jesus is. Come on, y'all. We are not a church that discriminates against folk. I do not have the power to tell the Jews that by not accepting Jesus, they are going to hell. I cannot tell the Muslims that because they do not call on God the same way I call on God, that they are going to hell. I have no word to tell the Hindus that Vishnu and Shanti, come on, that they are, are going to take them to hell. But what I can tell them, that I know a man for myself and his name is Jesus. And when you need deliverance in your life, he is a one who can deliver you when nobody else can. That's all I got to say about that. There is salvation for me in no other name but the name of Jesus. Jesus, that's what they ask him. By what name do you do the work you do? How did you get him healed? Come on. Jesus. <laughs> I, I want you to see the implication of this stuff. Come on, y'all. Uh, see, verse, verse 13 is the verse that caught my attention. It says, and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated common men. They wondered, they marveled, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Come on, y'all. Uh, there's a certain way we ought to act. Because we have been with Jesus. Because we have been associating with him. Come on, y'all. They, 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 there's a way that we ought to act when we have been with Jesus. Come on, my God. Been with the real Jesus. Not with the Jesus that worship on Sunday morning for just about a couple hours. And then we walk out the door. And there is no difference in the way we walk. And no difference in the way we treat people. No, I'm talking about the Jesus that when you encounter him. 
He changed your life and you changed the way you treat people. You treat people's needs as though they are holy. You look for the demons around you and you name them one by one. You, you transfer your anger not against others but you work to eliminate the oppression of others. This is the Jesus. It's a different kind of Jesus. People ought to recognize that you serve a different Jesus. Come on, y'all. I don't mind pastor in a social justice conscious church. But I don't want us just to be known as a church that will speak out against the ills in our society. I want us to be a church that has power. Come on, y'all. Spiritual power. That, that when they are among us, us out just to see what we are teaching and what we are doing they ought to encounter a God who has done more for them than they ever expected they ought to encounter not just a liberal people not just a progressive people but a people who are loving and kind and has power to change and transform the lives of individuals the people recognize that being with Jesus had given these two extraordinary men extraordinary boldness. Come on. Ah. They were mesmerized at the ability of these two men who had no seminary degrees, but they had preaching and teaching power. Come on, y'all. They recognized that these, come on, these two had not sold out to titles without a testimony of a tremendous transformation in their lives. That's what's wrong with the pulpit these days. You got folk, oh my God, who are theologically trained, but they do not have a, oh my God, a, a, a testimony that a transformation has occurred in their lives. Everybody in here, not just in the pulpit, but you ought to sing as though you have had a change come over you come on you ought to be a usher at the door and when people walk through the door they feel like an angel of God just seated them why because you have a change that has occurred in your life come on if you've been with Jesus a power unlike any power ought to come upon you you ought to be able to see stuff that other folk don't see and hear stuff that other folk don't hear and when they ask you how do you do what you do you ought to tell them I do it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth how do you give as much as you give I do it in the name of Jesus who woke you up this morning his name is Jesus who kept you as you drove along the busy highways and byways flew through the airway his name is Jesus you're going to need that kind of confidence why? because when you pray for somebody that's sick and you want them to recover come on nobody wants somebody who is still equivocating about their belief in God's healing power to pray for them no you ought to pray for them like my pastor used to pray for folk look at them and say I, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I curse that cancer from the ruler you're going to need that boldness. 
going to need that boldness. And you're going to need them not just for church. You're going to need them on your job. When you walk in that office and folk trying to trick you and trap you, just by walking in the room, you ought to act like you are guilty of associating with Jesus. The Bible says Jesus used to walk in places and say, oh my God, who is the assignment for my hand today? They recognize that they had not sold out. You know, it's, 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 I teach up there at a seminary. And you know, some, some preachers call it a cemetery. Uh, because sometimes folk go in there alive and they come out dead. Because they, they think that theological education uh, is an exchange, come on y'all, for personal intimacy with Jesus. Come on y'all. But I know a whole bunch of folk who got theological education, uh, theological knowledge. Uh, I got it too. Oh, but there's something to be said about when you have not just learning, come on my God, but the old folks say you got burning as well. <laughs> See, you got to have learning and burning. Because when you got learning and burning, you got more power. You can't trade learning for burning. Just because you got some titles and some letters behind your name doesn't mean that you can speak to demons. And they will not ask you like Skeever's sons, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who in God's name are you? In other words, you look like a preacher, but you ain't got no power. You look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, but you do not have any street cred, no spiritual credibility. They recognize that they had been with Jesus. In other words, in the face of collusion by the powers that be, Peter and John demonstrated blatant boldness in their witness. I got you. They got to see this thing, y'all, in, in the face of collusion. You hear that word? Collusion. In the face of collusion by the powers that be, they didn't have a White House. They had a Sanhedrin council. They, they didn't have the executive branch and the senator. What they had was Sadducees and Pharisees and, and uh, captain of the guards. They, they didn't have, you know, a true system uh, uh, of government, Republicans and Democrats. No, they had a temper and that temper ran the affairs of the people while colluding with the government who oppressed the folk. Come on, y'all. That's the Bible. Just read y'all. Uh, yes, the church and the political system were colluding to keep the people fearful and in power. This ain't nothing new that we're seeing going on living in this era of 45 
It demands that we get closer to Jesus so that we can boldly proclaim a message of hope in the midst of such pervasive hopelessness. Come on, you're going to hear me today. And I'm done. We're going to have communion. We're going home. But I'm going to say to you again that living in the age of Trump, living in a time where we have such a man in the White House, come on, y'all, it demands that we get closer to Jesus. Why? Because you are going to encounter more and more of what we are seeing in the media on your jobs and in your schools with your children. Come on, in your relationships with people. And you better have some boldness about you. You better have some power about you. Otherwise, you are going to be a pushover, a push aside. People will take from you what God has given to you. In case you were so busy with your head being in the proverbial sand on yesterday, the Senate of these yet-to-be United States of America, they seated on the Supreme Court for life. Somebody say for life. For life, y'all. For life. A man convincingly accused of sexually assaulting women. And he is not just a liar and a criminal, but a man who will now prove his, his allegiance to his supporters by implementing the most right-wing conservative. We saw it with the other criminal that they got on the Supreme Court bench. His name is Clarence Thomas. Come on, y'all. Anita. Anita won. Uh, she won line, y'all. No, no, no. It was just in a different age and a different season. He is paying his dues. That man don't vote for nothing that benefits black people. Every single uh, case that comes before him is like he remembers the pain. They ain't doing nothing. They, uh, and, they, and they try to project that as though it was a replacement for a Thurgood Marshall. Clarence Thomas ain't even, come on, he cannot shine the shoes of dead Thurgood Marshall. Come on, y'all. So what is this fight all about? Why were we held captive for the last four to six weeks with this stuff? Listen to me, and I'm done with you today. It is about making America more openly racist again. More white privilege. More patriarchal again. More male privilege. That's more misogynistic again. More violence against females. Come on, y'all. It is, uh, what's the code name for it? Make America great again. It is an again to, oh my God. It is an attempt to slow or to stop. The browning of America. America is browning and so we got to make sure that the minority does not become the majority. What does this mean for us? Come on, I know you came to church to praise your Jesus. But the Bible says that when you have been with Jesus, one of the things you ought to be bold about is that you got to teach the folk what is happening in the world at large. What is at stake right now? 
reversing legal abortions and let poor white folk have babies like bunny rabbits. Reverse Obamacare and take away all support of Planned Parenthood. Reverse same-sex marriages as if it is a threat to traditional family. Restrict black and brown people from the shithole nations of the world from coming and migrating to America. And if that's not enough, it is to take away voter rights from the people who need their voices to be heard in this country. In case you got stuck at that word, come on y'all. God got a greater agenda for the people of God. Oh my God, as if this country would be great without the contributions of people who are black and brown. How can this thing be? That's what we ought to ask ourselves. How can it be? How can this thing be in a great democracy of ours? Everybody in America don't feel the way those people feel. We don't believe that grabbing women's private parts is okay. That that's just the way men behave. All men don't behave like that. All white people do not, oh my God, invoke their white privilege. Come on, y'all. How does a minority get to impose its will on a majority? History shows it. It happens through legislation. Come on, y'all. How did a minority in South Africa control the majority through legislation? That is what the fight is about. I'm going to slow it down for you today. The fight is about the Supreme Court. It's not for the White House. Barack Obama was in the White House for eight years and could not see judges the way judges are being seated right now. Uh, it ain't the White House. No, no, no. When Bush stole the election down in Florida, it wasn't the White House. It was the Supreme Court. I, I'm trying to help you understand what is the fight about? What can get women, come on, like Senator Collins, to vote against women? Come on. It is a greater agenda. It is an agenda that if we don't pay attention, we will feel the impact of it. So what what shall we do? Come on. As a minority, we got to engage with boldness. In other words, uh, the Bible says that we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We don't get scared. I don't care who is in the Supreme Court. I serve a God who is still in control of these yet to be United States of America. But I know that I will not treat my brothers and sisters who are gay and lesbian and transgender that I will not depend on the law of the land as to how I treat my brothers and my sisters who are differently oriented as I am. I will not treat all white people as though they are racist and devils. Come on, y'all. We got to set a different agenda from what is going on in the White House. We have to be the ones who protect 
our brown skin brothers and sisters who work on our jobs, clean our hotels, serve us at the restaurants. We got to treat them better than the White House treats them. We ought to act like we have been with a Jesus who demands justice. Come on, y'all. We have to act like we are guilty by associating with this Jesus who looks out for the least of the the poor, the marginalized, Yesterday, a man came by my house, one of my little uh, workforce housing, call it that, fancy word for rooming housing. And uh, he can't find no place to live because he's a felon. He paid his debt to society, 25 out of a life sentence. He'd been out. Yeah, and he, he had a life sentence. And then I see, this is what I like when the brothers just tell it. Instead of hiding, he said, yeah, man, I, I, I said, man, so what's your felony? I said, Lord, I said, you're in the rooming house, so you can't, you know, I can't have folks stealing from folks. He said, oh, man, I don't steal nothing, man. I said, well, they put you away for that long for? He said, aggravated assault and murder. He said, that's what I did. He said, man, I, I came back from the war that they had me fighting in Vietnam. Uh, he said, I had Agent Orange, PTSD. He said, I had it all and they gave me no help. So I run in the street uh, trying to make a living. Come on, y'all. Did something crazy. said, I did it, Pastor. I did it. I did it. But I paid my debt to society. I ended that don't follow me program. And he says, here I am on the other side of my mess up. And I just need somebody, come on my God, to give me a chance so I can rebuild my life. Listen, he says rebuild at 69. Come on y'all. Rebuild at 69. I said, how long do you want to sign this lease for? He said, I'm going to sign it for life. He said, if you treat me right, come on my God, I, you gonna have to take me out of here on a stretcher. He said, I'm making the money. Come on, what am I trying to say? Come on, we got to live as people who got boldness. Come on, people who act different from the way most people are. You got to have a discerning eye. You got to say that all people ain't going to rob you. All people ain't going to run games on you. We still got to do communion. I'm going to stop right there for today.